Welcome to Through the Wire, y'all. Through the Wire. We didn't get to say this, but uh, we surpassed 50 episodes. A milestone. It's a, a legit milestone. A big milestone. Half a century. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. We also hit another milestone a couple weeks ago as far as downloads go for 2018. We had hit like over a, a half a million downloads in the first two months of 2018. So, you know, we, we doing big things out here. We rising, we rising. That's for the past two months. Half a million? That's, <sighs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm happy. I'm hungry. I'm still hungry. I want that meal. Let's get that meal. We going to get it. And then, of course, we got to tweet out the picture so people can keep up. But we definitely making our moves. You know what, what pisses me off slightly? What? Is that though we still get like the same like we get a decent amount of downloads per episode. If you t- look at the the top one hundred or is it two hundred podcasting, even in the sports category, we're not even ranked anymore. Isn't that isn't that trash? How, how are we supposed how so? to bring in more? I don't know. We just not. How are we supposed to bring in more listeners if we get in such and such downloads per episode? Does but we're still up? not ranked. Do we move up like when we put out a new episode? No, I check after every episode. Every day I basically check to see where we at. And last time I checked, which was after the Sunday episode, we were not even ranked anymore. Because mm. I remember when we first started, we was two mm-hmm. in the world and then number three and Jalen Rose shouted us out. Shout out Jalen Rose. So, I don't know. That's confusing. And I know it's a lot of podcasts on that. It's not. No. You can't convince me that they get half a million views in, in two months. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. But our loyal fans are loyal. But that is why Jalen Rose did shout us out too yeah, because the algorithm they don't were, keep up. I were, they were kind of upset that they we were ranked higher than them, you know. Right. And then uh, Jacoby was like, "No, it's the algorithm because they're a new show. They're ranked high. So like newer shows get ranked higher, which is cool because that that's how some of these newer shows have to build their base. But then it shits on the guys that have been doing it for a while. But also at the same time, it's not just about being a, a new show because I know plenty of people who have podcasts that have never been Yeah, high. so you have to have a new show and downloads. Okay. And we're no longer a new show, but we still got downloads, downloads. so it's weird. That's so shout out to our fan base. Shout out to the Patreons. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely shout out to the Patreons. with us. What you about to say? I forgot. Uh, but yeah, just shout out to y'all. We don't. Uh, we we would love to be number one, number two, number three, top five, or ranked. Period. But it don't matter. Like, I, I think we know. are top five DOA. Dead on arrival. Dead or alive. I, I thought it was, thought it was dead on arrival. No DOA. When you say top five, is dead or alive. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sure. We may <laughs> we may not be number one on the charts, but I think we got the number one fan base for sure. Yeah, definitely. Big fix. Definitely. NBA time. Let's start off with the Tyron Lue news. He's out for a week with illness. Ty-Ty. I think it's going to be way longer than a week. And I'll tell you why. You think it's some behind-the-scenes stuff? No, I don't think this has anything to do with his coaching job. As far as, like, is this a way for them to get him out of the locker room? No, I don't think that. So it says, this is straight from Tyron Lue. I've had chest pains and other troubling symptoms compounded by the loss of sleep through the year. And because of that, he's taking some time off. But then it also came out uh, per Dave McMenamin that he's been coughing up blood. Yeah. Mm. They said it was anxiety at first as far as the chest pain and the no sleep. But coughing up blood, that ain't an anxiety thing. That's some that's serious like some, stuff. Yeah, that's some internal shit. No. Yeah, like an ulcer or something. But um, I just went through the coughing up blood stage 
Wait, you're making it seem yeah. like that's just something we go through yeah. as humans. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, 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 that's, no, no, no. that's, that's not normal. That like, no, I I was, that was a stage of what I was going through. I wasn't coughing up blood for the same reasons though. Uh, my tooth, the aching, made my face swell up, and the swelling came from blood going into my cheek, and so. It was just in my, like, you know when you have a cold. Like your sickness, mucus system? Yeah, and that mucus. Take the mucus out and just make it all blood. That, sh- that shit. That shit sound bad. I'm good. Yeah, no, it is. I'll because pass. it's like all you tasting and when you breathe and, like, you just taste that blood. You know what I mean? And it's like even, like, when you wake up fresh from sleep. You know if you go to bed, let's just say right before you go to bed, you drink a Gatorade. And when you wake up, you got that, that, that taste of yeah. what you had before you went to bed. So it's like you wake up with that and you just wake up with like that blood sense of thing. And it's like, I don't know, it was weird at first. Um, but when, once I went to the dentist and, you know, I, I knew why it was happening to me. But if you just happening like on some Tyron Lewis, just, I don't know, that that is bad. Who's gonna? Is there like an interim coach? Larry Jew. Yeah, Larry Jew. Larry Jew. Was Larry he the Jew. assistant coach? Yeah. He's had head coaching jobs in the past. Hawks um, when they was bad. Yeah, but he's never been really successful as a head coach. So Maybe he's smoking cigs. He might be a smoker. Yeah. He, he might be a smoker. And you just work coaching LeBron is pretty stressful. Coaching in general is stressful. That's just something that, that's scary yeah. about like our idea of coaching a team. Yeah, you could tell Tyron Lou don't get no sleep either. He got bags out of this world. Yeah. Like not even trying to be funny. Like he you can just look at his face and tell he don't he don't get a lot of sleep. Um, I feel I, like a lot of NBA coaches don't. I was hearing the that um, it's probably hard to. Yeah, I was hearing that you know he also don't have like no, I don't want to say family, but he don't have like no wife or significant other. He don't have kids and nothing like that. So that he people were saying that he don't he potentially don't have nobody that's close, super close to him, making sure that he's doing the right things for his health. Um, I also heard um, today that they were giving him some medicine. Um, and he didn't want to take the medicine because of the side effects. Uh, but now that he's been coughing up blood or whatnot, he's taking some stronger or new medicine that they have uh, given him. So so get well soon, Tyron Lue. But let's talk about the basketball aspect of it. How much do you think this will affect what the Cleveland Cavaliers are trying to do as far as, you know, trying to win another championship? Not at First all. all. I don't think they win the championship at all, championship at all but in terms of them being successful – I mean, I don't really see the biggest change. They don't really run like a system or anything. It's basically give yeah. it to LeBron and one of the ball handlers and space the floor. Is that really what they do? Yeah. Because you make it seem like that's the they're the Houston Rockets. No, but they don't run like LeBron's very, like it's not a very like coached offense. Yeah, LeBron's like but that's something you don't have to do with LeBron. Points in the league behind James Harden. It really don't that affect. I don't know. I saw the numbers on the game the other night when they was playing someone. Houston yeah, it was. was. He he's up there. He's like two or three. Yeah, him and him, Harden and Chris Paul at the top at the top. That's interesting. Um, well, not really, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. It depends on how long he's out. Number one. Um, and still they got LeBron, so you really can't say the success is going to go down. Last night they won. So and the return of Kevin Love. Um. Yeah, I think they'd be okay for Larry Drew. Just like I said, it depends on how long he's out, and it depends on if when he comes back, will he be back? Will will he have to take another leave during the playoffs and whatnot? Because that's what all matters: the playoffs for the Cavaliers. These last eleven, twelve games, you know, it'll it'll matter for them to keep the third seed. Uh, that that's about it, you know. Um, 
the playoffs is really where it's going to matter and where it's going to count for them. Their season will be determined in the playoffs. It's crazy that the playoffs are only like a couple weeks away. Yes, so the NBA has been fast, I, but I think it's because we do a podcast two days out of the week. I'm so ready for it, though. Like, yeah, this last is the, couple this years, is when I've been watching the playoffs, part. I'm like, I don't even care. I just want to watch the finals. And the finals were never even that good. Right. But now I'm, I'm ready, man. It's going to be a lot of good series. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got the standings right there. I do have the standings. So Eastern Conference is set, basically. They're fighting for seeding. The Bucks may move on to the second, seventh spot again. The three through five are all fighting, whatever. That don't really matter. Where it really gets down to it is the Western Conference, as we talked about in the past couple shows, because one win can fluctuate you so much. So the team that we thought potentially that may not make it because of their schedule is really tough, uh, the Spurs are on a four-game win streak. So they've jumped from eighth all the way back up to fifth after a win against um, the Warriors. Don't bet against Pop. Which they should have won regardless because of everybody that was out. And then yeah. Draymond Green got injured mid-game, mm-hmm. too. But it was basically the LaMarcus Aldridge show. Hell of a game. The dude has been basically balling single-handedly bringing them to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, 33, 33 and 12. 33 and 12 in 35 minutes, which is ridiculous. In a very low-scoring game, uh, 89 to 75. And then they go against the Wizards tomorrow, the Jazz and the Bucks, Wizards, Thunder, Rockets, Clippers, Lakers, Trailblazers, Pelicans. Basically, the rest, the remaining of their schedule are playoff teams and then the Lakers, but which, are, which are a very decent team. It's very manageable on their end. You think so? They can beat those teams. Oh, they, oh yeah, they definitely they, can. They, they, yeah, they yeah can. but uh, they, they can definitely beat those teams, but they can definitely lose to those teams. The Wizards are a team that can beat you on any yeah. given night. The Lakers aren't a playoff team, but they're still a team that's been sneaking up on playoff teams and beating them. Um, the Thunder have been hot. Um, yeah, you you seen that Raptors game, didn't you? Of course, of course. Did y'all watch course, that game? Of course. The Thunder versus Raptors? I was at work. No. So that was a good-ass game. Phenomenal game. But I think you wanted to bring up officiating later, but people are saying that... It, I watched it the highlights and the officiating, the, the bad things that the officiating did. I, I, love, I, I love to see Russ take over the game down the stretch. I was, I was so happy to see that. That's what um, I wonder. I wonder what Melo thinks because he's legitimately just standing there in, during the fourth I quarter, mean, and that's usually when he has the ball. I'm in pretty it. sure Melo has accepted the fact. When Melo came, I don't think Melo thought that three set five seconds to go in the game, he was going to have the ball, and Russell Westbrook and Paul George was going to watch him uh, try to hit a game. So I'm pretty sure when he came to the, the Thunder, he pretty ex- much accepted that um, consistently he's not going to be the guy down the stretch unless he has one of those games. Yeah. But I think it really hit him when he didn't make the All-Star team. I don't remember right, but Corey Brewer didn't start, though, right? Corey Brewer Corey, starts for them. He did yeah, start yeah, six and 6-0. Oh, I was going to say, because he was definitely playing some good – I don't even know if it was good D because I they didn't, the officiating was there. But he was definitely, like, pressure. A lot of them. people talk about the officiating, but, I mean, the officiating, you know, that, that's been the NBA this year, and I don't think the officiating determined the game. The, they they it's lost. That's a different ball game though. If DeMar, DeMar DeRozan gets, gets that foul, gets that foul because that was the clearest it, foul. Ever. It is, but also they did a lot of things down the stretch that lost them the game themselves. That like Kyle Lowry like took himself out of the game. He did. That was he, a bad foul. That that was just dumb and that that was just stupid. Then the ejections late, like they started getting like technical fouls and just like killing themselves out of the game. I feel like they gave up. Too soon, like they was down four with like twenty nine or thirty seconds left, and they would start going off and everybody getting tossed. I just felt like that wasn't smart either. But um, y'all want to get into the officiating now? Because officiating, I want to say some. Um, I mentioned this in the video, but the signing of Corey Brewer has been really, really good for OKC. 
You yeah. lose Roberson, a guy that is your is your your best perimeter defender who offensively just don't got it. And you transfer that. I mean, you put in a replacement, a guy that I would say is a little he's bit. Right defender. Yeah, a little it's, bit it's less of a defender. That's, that's really he's bringing to the team. A little yeah, bit. He's long. He's he got a long arm. And he plays he's with nine. energy. He's a scrape, scrapper. So. A little bit less in energy, but also can make that three that Roberson missed in that corner. Yeah, he's not a liability offensive. So, that's why they haven't lost this. Right, guy. exactly. I think that was like a very, very underrated buyout market signing. And whenever you get somebody that you can put in a rotation, you, you always add in depth. Mm-hmm. You always add in depth. So now you got a guy like Josh Hustis who is not, you know what I mean, he's not a, you know, some dude that's he's very smart. But he's he's a very quality player who now can come off the bench with that second unit and now gives you one more guy off the bench. So if Abrinas, if his shot isn't falling, you can just take his ass out. You don't have to play too many minutes because he's a liability on the defensive end. Um, and Bef- I like the way the, the Thunder playing. Before Roberson went down, I thought he was one of the more irreplaceable guys in the league, at least for his team. Like, his role was so big for them defensively. And he, you can tell that Paul George defensively was feeding off of Roberson. Paul George has always been a good defender, but this year he stepped it up because yeah. he had another wing player next to him that was better than him, right? Um, so I thought that his defensive presence was going to be irreplaceable. And when he went down, the Thunder went on a losing streak. But they found a guy, Corey Brewer, that can basically take that part of Andre Roberson and and kind of elevate it on one side of the floor, which is the offensive side of the ball. So that I thought that was really uh, a really good signing because he was he was playing in L.A., but he wasn't a big time minutes guy, right? No, he wouldn't. But on the Thunder, he's playing starter minutes, you know. So and Westbrook playing like MVP Russ, basically yeah. averaging a triple double this year. I think yeah. he's like point three rebounds away, yep. so he can definitely get it done um, this season. I but, think Stephen Adams is going to be. Great for them too in the playoffs because them teams like they go against the Warriors and teams like that. Stephen Adams just gonna bully them down. Yeah, there. after the game, um, a lot of people saw that I was watching because I was tweeting and whatnot, and they was asking me a lot of different questions. And uh, one of them was, "Where do I rank Stephen Adams?" Yeah, uh, somebody asked me if he was top five or top seven. To me, um, he's definitely to me. I can't put him in the top five. I'll take Embiid. Um, Towns, Jokic, Cousins, Cousins, and then I'm going to take Marcus All. But pretty much after that, I mean, it's it's pretty much what you like. You know, if you get a drummer, drumming. Um, I'm going to take him. Um, What about Al? Did you mention Al Horford? Al Horford. Um, You got Al Al Horford, Whiteside, Drummond. Um, DeAndre Jordan. Some people might like DeAndre Jordan more. Some people might like Clint Capella more, for all I know. I mean, oh, yeah. when you get to that core, that like after the after the Gasol, Embiid, Towns, Cousins, Jokic, it's pretty much what you like. Right. Some people might prefer Drummond. You know what I mean? It's, it's pretty much what you like. Al Horford can stretch the floor. Make some people might like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, like, I feel like it's all about the system of which player you're putting into. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that too. Because I think I feel like most athletic centers would strive. And with, with Houston, yeah. yeah, with the Rocks, you not, that's throw not any of them there, right? That's not taking away from Clint Capella, but yeah. if you put DeAndre Jordan there, he'll be just as successful. Yeah, he's going to do put, the same exact thing, right? Pick and roll. So system definitely matters there, and well, that second tier. What if you put Gasol in there? A guy that can shoot the three, smart, can pass, and you can also do the pick and roll. Exactly. I don't. I don't know if that's. As, I don't know if I'd like that more. It would be different because you would have a playmaking big man. Because at that point. I guess you, you just run a, a completely five out the, you can the have whole a game. A lot more action. Yeah. A lot more action. A lot more cutting because you could throw it to him at the top of the key. He can pass. Because when, when the Rockets do the pick and roll, Clint Capella 
the defense when they're guarding it, they, Clint Capella is no no factor when it comes to popping. You know exactly what he's going. He's rim he's rim running. Yeah. Now when you do it with Gasol. But it's still super hard. You, people still can't stop it, even though they know what he's gonna do. Yeah, you know what's funny, bro? Uh, it was that game again. It was OKC versus the Rockets, and they they kept switching Melo onto James Harden. Oh yeah, and Harden was burning him every time. But Steve Adams was so hesitant to help because anytime he just stepped a foot out, he it was Jamie, it was just a lob. Yeah, it was just a lob. So Melo got mad as hell when Steve Adams did not help. He was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you can hear, yeah, you definitely. Can. And then the commentator was like, "Because he was it, burning his." Melo's commentator was like, "If you're playing bad defense, then you're just gonna you gotta stop letting him blow by you." <laughs> now they now when they match up, they got Corey Brew. Yep. So. But they still They was literally Purposely trying to expose Melo's bad defense That's what you're supposed to do Yeah And Paul Joe wasn't even Trying to switch no more He just I, kept trying to Fight if, through If you were the Houston Rockets And you were going against the Thunder You should want Harden on Melo Every time I would prefer Getting Melo On Harden Than, than Adams Because Adams Gonna try He at least gonna try uh, Melo ain't Melo only got down in defensive. <laughs> he don't, yeah, he in don't that do game that. in like the fourth quarter, just one time, and that was, he fouled him. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, Melo ain't even really even want to try. You know what you're getting from Melo, and it exactly. ain't that defensive side of the ball. <laughs> but my, I was gonna say like my perception of Margasol has changed over the season, and I don't know if it's him being almost 35 or it's just the fact that he's not trying hard because his teammates are trash. You know, so like. I don't know if I put him in that top tier centers anymore. At least after this season, he got to show me next year. Um, back to Marcus that was the last year, the year before that, with a defensive player of the year, Marcus But this year, I mean, I understand his teammates are trash, but there are people out there that teammates are trash that are still doing what they do or what they've have been. I will, I can't give up on him that soon, just because, like you said, his teammates are very trash. Like it's, it's I don't think it's another guy in that list. Whose teammates are as bad as his? Mm-hmm. My Mike Conley is is not, not he's an All Star caliber point guard. I know he's never made an All Star team, but he's very, very, very um, consistent in what he does, and he's a big part of their one two punch. Um, and the team has dra- drastically changed around them in Memphis, and the yeah. team does in one season. They are terrible. That yeah. is a very terrible basketball team. Um, but like you said in the previous episode, they will. This will. This should be a quick rebuild. One it should. year tank job. Yeah. Um, and I'm very interested to see what happens to them because if they get that number one pick, I think they will go with Doncic. Right. But then, like you said, what if the organization feels the same way you feel about? Do they go with Aiden or what? So that'll be interesting. And then, what if they don't get the number one pick? And what if they fall to like uh, three or four? Then what do you do? You know what I mean? And, and, and Aiden, and, I, don't, I don't know. It'll I think it, I think it's a a team not a lot of people talk about, but their future is so. I think this this draft is going to determine the the direction of their future. So they got to make the right decision because, again, Gasol is 33, 34-ish, and Mike Conley is, what, 31, 32? So, like, their two best players are getting up there in age, getting out of their prime, and this is the year to draft the star of the future. Mm-hmm. So they got to hit it, whatever So, yeah, it is. May, maybe maybe they will determine what they do depending on the draft pick. Because mm-hmm. um, it ain't like they got money. Because don't forget Chandler Parsons is eating up that – he chopped, man. I could. Don't the Boston Celtics have a good pick this year? Potentially. Potentially. Because they did some type of sexy swap with the. No, no, no. Is, did that pick go to the Sixers? That is a confusing trade because remember they traded their one pick to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. So the Sixers got faults and then they had traded down to get Tatum. So and I they got. they. 
Yeah, that's weird. I think they have the Lakers pick, but it's it's project. I mean, protected over some. I don't know. The 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 trading on that was really weird. I know next year they have a top five protected pick from Sacramento or something like that. Just know that Boston got a lot of picks just stacked up. They might ready. trade one of those. No, Boston does. It'll be next year. They're not. They're not in this lottery to have a pick. Boston. Yeah. They're then not. where does that Lakers pick go then? The 76ers, okay. which would have right now the eleventh pick. Projected, and then right now Memphis has number is projected. All of these are projected. Memphis will be number one. Phoenix two. Atlanta three. Um, Orlando four. Sacramento five. Dallas six. That 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 Brooklyn Nets pick seven. Um, and then your Bulls is eight. My Knicks are nine. Charlotte at ten. Okay, I got the official details. The LA Lakers twenty eighteen first round pick to Philly. Or to Boston, projected, uh, protected for the first pick, and if it's six through thirty, if it falls to any of its protection selection, therefore retained by the 76ers, then Boston would instead receive the more favorable of the 76ers' twenty nineteen first round pick, protected for one, and Sacramento's twenty nineteen first round pick, protected for one, and Philadelphia received the less favorable of. The- Just know there are so many factors that go into yeah. this pick because that was, ha- that that was half of it. Somebody had to read that shit thoroughly as hell before yeah, they, they was, assigned. Because yeah. <laughs> also teams that are involved in this are the Phoenix Suns, the um, Milwaukee Bucks. Sacramento, as I mentioned, so yeah, it's it's very weird. We basically just got to see on draft night who ends up at that page because <laughs> yeah. I, I I couldn't tell you. I was literally sitting here trying to put together what you were saying, and you just yeah, kept I started going. like the first <laughs> sentence or two. Yeah, but he just kept going. <laughs> and Trey Young has officially as it's this morning yep. declared. Did you see what they said about your boy Michael Porter? This what that he played played playing hurt him? No, that he was soft, uh-huh. indifferent. Who said that? Where is this from? It was like Breach Report sent me a notification. That's what NBA scouts are saying about him. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I see it right here. One minute ago, the Ringer tweeted out a piece named How March Madness Affected the Draft Stocks of These Top Three Prospects. Um, So they got Colin Sexton, Trey Young, and Michael Porter Jr. So I I would have to read this article and see what they're thinking about. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I everything, everything, everybody's draft stock has either improved or dropped based off March Madness. That's uh, just how it is I every year. I think a true and good NBA scout would not, is not going to base an entire um, scouting report on three games. No, I don't think that's what they're what they're doing. It's just saying that it, every game should affect you in some sense. No, I'm not it, saying it, like it will, but Michael Parter Jr. is from their first article to seven. Is saying that it, it is hurt or help, it affected the draft stock. Of course, every game you play. But that's what I'm saying. A good NBA scout isn't going to look at the one game Trey Young played in the NCAA tournament. They're going to look at the entire resume of his season. So, same thing with Colin Sexton. And I'm not the thing that they're saying about Michael Porter Jr. He shouldn't care. He should care less about what they're saying. I could care less about what they're saying because I'm not even taking that into too much of consideration. I was just happy to see that his injury isn't anything that's going to deteriorate him as a basketball player. It's something that. Over time, he should be able to get past him being soft or slow. All of those things, you know, that's good for them to take into their consideration. I still, depending on the pick of what team, would take him. You know what I mean? Are you going to take him with the number one pick? Probably not. That wouldn't be smart. But he's still going to be, to me, a top five pick, nonetheless. Um, I'm more. I'm more so interested 
and Trey Young and Colin Sexton because that's like this this draft last year. Would y'all say it was a guard heavy? Lonzo Fultz, De'Aaron, yeah, it was a De'Aaron guard Fultz, heavy. Yeah. Guard heavy. This draft is the complete opposite, and I think Trey Young and Colin Sexton are the only two projected lottery guards. So I'm interested to see which one will go first because a lot of people view Colin Sexton as a safer pick. But then you also have to look at Trey Young because the potential, the potential, not, of everything like goes right. right now. Exactly. Um, can we wait? Can, before you finish that, can we clear up the damn Trey Young? Well, we talked about him having bust potential, and people came at us at Twitter. Yes, because I, I, def- I was defending the he hell out of you. He said he was going to be a bust. Nobody. That's exactly. We didn't say he is he, a bust. Contrail, exact words, because I remember, were bust potential, which is it, it, it's in every draft. And, um, everybody has bust potential. LeBron it, it, had bust yes, potential. everybody. Um, and, yeah, people was coming at him like, man. What is Kenny talking about? And I was I just remember being on Twitter out defending like bro. People are ridiculous. All, people are acting like I said bro, Trey Young would not be good. I be looking to your three or threads from your tweets and people be so funny, bro. I'm, I'm yeah. people people reply with the most idiotic things, taking everything is that is said out of context. I like his responses. I look for I look for him responding to a tweet. I respond to, to the stupidest shit. Yeah, that's, shit that's just, whichever is the stupidest. I respond to. I'm, I'm gonna respond in a way that's gonna make that's gonna make you feel stupid. Like people, I changed my name. I don't know if y'all see on Twitter. It's not Big Sex Presents anymore. It's, it's Godfather Big Sex. People tweeted me and asking me and DM me, "Am I a Nick fan?" Because I changed my name. <laughs> I did like since Porzingis is not in my name anymore on Twitter. I'm not a Knicks fan. I guess like I was, that was the dumbest shit in the world. Um, but yeah, the, let, let me just clear it up. Bus potential means that the chances of you becoming a bus, at least for Trey Young, may be higher than most of the. There people are in the safer draft. draft picks. Exactly. That's it. But again, same thing with the bus potential. They're superstar potential in Trey Young. That's why I think he's the most dangerous person in the draft because he could be Steph Curry 2.0 or it could be Jimmer. I know for a fact he won't be Jimmer. I, oh, he yeah, yeah. Play true. Ability. Yes, yes, that's true. But I just mean like he, he won't live up to where you expect him to be. Mm-hmm. When I say Jimmer. That's what I mean because Jimmer. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, if, he, if he turns out to be a solid backup PG, he's that's I, not I bad. Just, I just don't. I just don't. Depending on where you get drafted. The Jimmer for yeah. that shit is so crazy to me because it was legitimate people that really thought he had star potential. And to you, be it's, an it's just he was a six-two point shooting guard. First of all, <laughs> exactly six-two six-two shooting guard that played point guard for BYU, which is a terrible conference. So, I mean, that's just like Doug McDermott. A lot of people hire Doug McDermott. I have nothing against him, but I just was not that high Come because on, he's man. a 6'9". He broke records. <laughs> small <laughs> four, but he's slow. But Creighton plays in a weak division. So, I mean, it ain't like he led the, the, the conference, the, the nation in scoring in the Big East. Or, like, Trey Young led the first. And that's another thing. People are saying Trey Young is overhyped. You can't be overhyped when you lead the, the nation in scoring and assists as a freshman for a team that before you came won 11 games. You cannot be overhyped. There's no way. He earned all of the hype that he has. He earned. He was People not. turned on this guy so fast. So fast. And I tweeted that. I'm like, it was. it's so crazy how everybody is off the Trey Young bandwagon. When I first made my video and I, I named the top incoming freshman before the season started, nobody said shit about Trey Young. Trey Young got hot. Everybody in love with Trey Young. Trey Young fell off a little bit and his team struggled. Now everybody is Colin Sexton because <laughs> he had a couple games in, in the um, SEC tournament. And that's just fans and People that aren't on legit basketball minds for you. Um, you miss one next 15, one coming. coming I've seen up. one total game of Trey Young, and that was the NCAA tournament game, and I was impressed because his teammates were shit. 
and he almost won that game. You know, so I was impressed with that that from him. Um, here's a stat from this Ringer article about Colin Sexton. Um, so they compared him to De'Aaron Fox and Dennis Smith Jr., right? Okay, better. Better than the Russell Westbrook comparison that idiots are throwing out there. Uh, percentile finishing at the rim, the 29th percentile finishing at the rim, while like Dennis Smith Jr. was at the 76th or De'Aaron Fox was at the 75th. Um, assists per turnover is 1.2, with Dennis Smith Jr. is 1.8, and De'Aaron Fox is 1.9. So he's not as great of a passer as those two guys. I agree. He but, only averaged like three or four assists. And as far as the Michael Porter Jr. thing, what they said is basically he didn't answer any of the questions. They basically said his draft stock didn't move too much. Uh, that's why because we don't know he, he didn't prove anything from what he what they saw. So that's why going into it, I was kind of like, it's it's a win win for him because I mean, if he doesn't play good, oh, he just came back from injury. But if he scored 30, 40 in the first game back, somebody was gonna be like, oh my god. That's why I wish I'd seen more of him because like yeah. if you watch this high school stuff. He's, he's dominant. Six, he, he was six, so yeah, he's six he's nine, dominant. so it's exactly. kind of hard to see like how fast or his pace, how it affects his game, because mm-hmm. he just shoots it with everybody. But now people are getting taller, and people are going to be more faster, like shuffling their feet and everything. How's it going to be? Because he, he's a scorer, and that's what he does. Is yeah, he gonna be the reason I like, like him so much is level? because, like you saying, because I don't, I think he's slow. Personally, I think he's slow um, in terms of like when you watch like Greek Freak or Ben Kevin Simmons. Durant. Yeah, these 16, they, they are quick. Say, I don't think he's at that level of quickness. Number two, I also don't think he has a handle like Durant. Yeah, but because they are so tall and the way the NBA is going, if all fails, you put him at the four. And he, he going he gonna to fuck some people up at the four. Tobias Harris. So Okay, yeah. Tobias Harris, mellow type shit. The one year the New York played him at Here's the Here's something that's interesting. He drew plenty of defensive attention, and the Tigers would have been better off if they trust if he trusted his teammates and played more of a point four role. But instead, in the two games, he had one assist and three turnovers on a popping, eye-popping 36.5 usage rate. So the ball was in his hands so much, but he only finished with but one turnover. He, he's not a playmate. He's just a Score really right, but that's all saying, he's been doing. Right, but they're just saying as far as like if they wanted, if Missouri really want need, they needed to win, and the way they would have won if he would have been more of a playmaker. The game before the tournament, that that was um, infinite. If you watched that game, I know y'all didn't watch it, but I'm I just watched for, the highlights. For the people of it. That, that may have did watch it. Um, who did they play against? I think they played against like Arkansas or Georgia. They played against Georgia, I believe. And yeah, when he caught the ball. Him being on, he he shot the ball terrible that that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he shot the ball terrible both games, but that first game he shot it w- way worse. That's the game he airballed like two shots. It was like what was it started five two for, for nineteen or something? Um, like yeah, five for nineteen. Um, but his his plus minus was high because him being on the floor, so much attention. The, the offense just scored mm-hmm. more because it, it, like nobody cared about anybody else when he came on the floor, even though he missed. He hadn't played basketball in 115 games. Georgia made sure they weren't going to lose to him. His first game back, they weren't going to be embarrassed. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. This draft is going to be interesting. And still, we don't know if he's coming back. We don't know. I don't know yeah, what he's he going to do. Before he got hurt, he was talking about, you know, him going, you know, isn't 100%. Years. So, so his dad is on the coaching staff. His younger brother, Jonte, is not a projected high pick. So, he might come back. Um, he has sisters that go to Mizzou. So I mean, he may not be in a rush to Damn. leave. He had a whole, whole family, family. Highest whole family, family. highest tuition bill. Um, <laughs> no, nah, his sister is a scholarship basketball player. So I think really? they all scholarships. Yeah, they all, ain't no tuition for Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> um, 
So it's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. I'm surprised Trey Young declared so early, but I'm not surprised that he did yeah, declare. I thought, oh yeah, his stock. That's is so right. High. Yeah, right. The stock. Um, Bill Simmons believes that this is his theory that you know Trey Young and LeBron are close. They think Trey Young was signed to Clutch Sports, LeBron, like the the agency that LeBron is on, mm-hmm. and with the seventh pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Trey, Trey Young. Young. They need a PG. They need a guard. All so. of this is possible because he, you know he went to the LeBron James camp. But for Trey Young. That that could be good and bad. It has pros and cons. It won't be as much pressure on him to be the guy. Mm-hmm. But then it's also going to be, you know, pressure. Come and I play on the, exactly. Yeah. That's what the championship. <laughs> it won't be pressure to carry the champ to carry the franchise. But you are going to have to come and play to win a championship. And LeBron ain't the easiest guy to play with. But I think his playing style, being able to shoot, will mesh. But go ahead, Mike. Oh, uh, first I was gonna say they they gonna need defense. Yeah, Trey uh-huh. Young. I don't know if he gonna be no defense. I think they need defense in the back end. Though I think they need a rim protecting center. Yeah. And so I, I like I picture him next to another guard like a Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. That's, that's what I said. That would be a nice. That's what I like. Court. I was telling people like people on live was asking me like what would be the best fit for him. I say Orlando or Phoenix. The reason I say Orlando even even though they don't develop talent, they have no other. Like, they have nobody else that's going to take the ball out of his hands. He likes to have the ball in his hands. Him and Aaron Gordon have a pick-and-roll type thing. Um, and he would just have the freedom to go and learn on the go and make mistakes. Because if you look at the best point guards in the game today, when they were drafted early in their careers, they had their ball was put in their hands and they were able to make mistakes early. Like Steph Curry, as soon as he came to Golden State, here's the ball. We know you're not known for, this, for being this playmaking, typical point guard, but just do you and learn as you go. Russell Westbrook. They drafted him. Hey, people think you're a shooting guard. We're going to make you a point guard. Here's the ball. Just go off the leash and learn. I think that's the same thing. Trey Young and Colin Sexton will need to be successful. But a backcourt with a scoring and shooting ability of Devin Booker and Trey Young is crazy. And I know it won't be good defensively, but I would take that risk. I would. Because right then, you got your offensive firepower. You just need to build some. You need to bring in some defense. I would take that risk offensively and just hope and pray we would find defense somewhere else. I think that... Basketball season is finally back, and you know what that means. It's time to put your basketball knowledge to the test with one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings. DraftKings is giving away over $400 million in prizes this season. That's more than 10 times what Los Angeles is paying the king himself. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. Draft your team is simple. Just select eight players and stay under the $50,000 salary cap. Earn points when your players score, assist, block, rebound, and more. The best part is you get to draft a new team every day without any commitment. There's no better way to turn your love of basketball into cash. Download the app or head over to DraftKings.com now and use my code BACKBOARD to support the show and play free with your first deposit. And remember, there will be $400 million in total prizes up for grabs throughout the season. That's code BACKBOARD to play for free. With your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Devin Booker's a lot better when he's the primary ball handler. I don't know, but I with the talent, so. if you've seen, like, I think as a player of his potential, when you see another player come in with that type of skill level, you're okay with sharing the ball. Yeah, but, I, I, I agree with you, KB. And, and that would take pressure off him, And too. that's why I didn't like Alfred Payton, but him and Trey Young can play off each other so well that I think he still can have the ball in his hands because Trey Young is such a lethal shooter that you, you it's like, that, it's it's like that a Steph CJ and Dame type of backcourt is what you're looking at. Damn, damn near, but with better shooting. That's that's hard to beat. 
Yeah, it is. But I would take I would take because Trey Young is a to me he's like a sh- in the NBA I think he would be more of a shooter than a scorer. So are you saying, is a legitimate scorer. Are you saying CJ McCollum and Devin? I mean CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard are worse shooters than Trey Young and Devin I'm saying Booker. Trey Young and Devin Booker will be better shooters. It doesn't. It doesn't make Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum yeah, bad. It makes their their scores. They are scores. They can score from any point in, in from shooting, driving, mid range free throws. They're going to score. Trey Young. I don't know if he's going to come into the NBA and be a scorer. I think he's going to have to thrive on the perimeter and shooting. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I got to think about the Phoenix Suns also projected had a second pick right now. So would they want to pick up a Trey Young with number nah, two? I no, doubt it. No. They hell want no. one of those big. They would have to be in the, the eight range because we've seen. They also have the uh, a pick right outside the line. I think they have the 15th and the 16th pick with the. Um, I forgot what trades they did, but somehow they got three first round picks this year, which is wild. But yeah, because they better seen, land on these, bro. If they the trying pro- to turn it around, they have to. Projections ain't always what it is, as we know, because we've seen the they were projected at the first pick last year. Bull, and what did they end up with? Four, four. four. Yeah, that's trash. Um, they have Miami's pick and they have Milwaukee's first rounder. So there we go, and a bunch of seconds. Milwaukee's second round, Toronto's second rounder. Hopefully, they can get eight. That yes. would be it. That would boy, be boy, boy. Aiden, Aiden, and Devin Booker. He won't have to leave. He go right, right to feed. Yeah. <laughs> Take a bus, huh? I was gonna say they could pick up someone nice, but they they have like young players at almost every position now. They do, they do. They, but they I just, think it's time to give up on on some of those guys. It just hasn't worked out. Marquise, Chris, Dragon, Bender. One, you can't have both of them. Yeah, one of them you just gotta let. I'm let in loose. favor of packaging them, and trading, package them, and get somebody solid. You're not gonna get a star. Marquise, Chris is not gonna get you a star in return, but just a solid basketball player that you can slide in. I see what he did to Ricky Rubio. Yeah, yeah, that's how I said. That's, that's what they got that's into. Tr- it. That's trash. That, that is, good. and it's is. I don't even know if I fully understand it. When he did whatever that dunk, he missed the dunk. Everybody the dunk. Yeah, he Ricky Rubio. Was he just? Was he just mad? Ricky, Ricky Rubio was not he a part. The ball. He tried to push the ball. He was level frustrated. Down. He it was. Frustrated. It was a frustration foul, Mike. I've seen him do the same thing with Porzingis. Him and Porzingis got into it a year ago just for no reason. Um, that's the weakest part of his game. Is his is his mental mental and his maturity because. He can play, but he's a good basketball player. He has potential to be very, very good. He's athletic, can shoot, all of that, can block shots, can rebound. But the weakest part of his game is his maturity. If you watch the Suns, he will take ill-advised demands threes. Devin Booker will come down, hit two threes in a row, and he would go and take. You know what that reminds me of? DeMarcus Cousins. But once he got his mind right, he started playing. What is it? But DeMarcus Cousins was always. He was always. He was. He was. But I think one thing that was holding him back. Was his mindset, and that's yeah. what also allowed like players didn't want to play with him because well. Marquise Chris he don't have the Marcus Cousins <laughs> talent to no. be doing that type of shit because people will put up with Cousins <laughs> antics because yeah, he don't get you thirty right exactly Marquise will get you six and exactly. six fouls yeah if he gonna give you six sometimes he have a big donut um <laughs> big but the a I'm I'm just so jealous of y'all team. Because I'm you. thinking about what I said, man. There's no way in hell besides the fact. Because people, people took what I said and took it out of context. And they Everybody was like, do this shit. Yeah, they like, somebody told to me, over this I heard you we in a podcast just um, saying the Bulls can't fuck up. But what if they take Grayson Allen? 
Why, Why the hell would they take Grey's you. Anatomy? Okay, thank you. I didn't. That was one of the tweets I didn't even respond to. Y'all know I responded. That would have been the one I responded and I'm to. Just like, bro, it's no way I'm responding. Yeah, you're right. Grey's Anatomy, six overall pick. Come on, I mean, if we been, come on, bro. Be, be like, you, you want to hear something crazy? So I, st- I restarted my gaming channel, and I did. I'm doing a bull, like a real Bulls my league. Oh, you just posted episode one yesterday. Okay. So we had projected to have the seventh pick. Mm-hmm. Guess what pick we end up getting? The seventh. That pick. first, we oh, got yeah, that first overall oh, pick, wow. bro. And I sat there. I was fucking <laughs> hyped, bro. I sat there and watched it one by one. It got did to you seven. Did the draft yet? I did the draft. Did you put put it on? Of course. Okay. Who did you pick up? Because I, I who do you think I picked video. up with the first overall pick in this draft? DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden and Laurie Marketing in the in, in the front court. Come on now. Crazy, Holy. ridiculous. And we, we picked up Mikael Bridges with the uh, these fifth thirteenth overall pick because we got that. Um, who the the Bulls so have the two Pelicans, round picks? The Pelicans pick if the if the Pelicans. Um, so in yes. your season, yes, in your season, <laughs> yes. the Pelicans didn't make it. They didn't make it. So who the fuck was the twelve before him? You gotta have to tune in tomorrow and find out. How did he? Because in real life, Bulls fans, he's he not, he not going thirteen. He's not going thirteen. He he rising and rising. He rising and rising. Yeah. Did y'all hear what y'all boy JC said? Yes. About the dinosaurs, dinosaurs shit? Yeah. Yeah. He got to do that shit. Dinosaurs are pets. Let me, let, me read it for, Irvin, let me read it for the fans. Y'all know how we got dogs and stuff, right? So I think that, <laughs> I think there was bigger people in the world before us. And like the dinosaurs, they were, they were pets. They was pets. Hell no. He can't have no dinosaurs, no pets. He said the people before us were giants and they used dinosaurs as pets. <laughs> And we rolled them. He must have brought that Cali, that Cali stuff over. That there. Cali Kush. Yeah, that, boy, <laughs> that boy is smoking that dope. The headband. <laughs> <laughs> really feels like a headband. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe he said that shit. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Some Jordan people, Carson, come on now. Some people believe that now people are just saying stuff to go yeah, viral. Yeah. Not even. I don't even think that shit to go viral. I. I don't know Jordan Clarkson, but his vibe is like that goofy ass vibe. And I know because he be hanging out with like fucking Jasper and shit. How you know he on some shit? No, he definitely very, very goofy from social media. But Kyrie's point, that's 10 times worse than that. Because Kyrie's had some. I mean, it's. No. <laughs> Kyrie's. Po- Kyrie's point was he wants people to do their own research and not just believe everything they say, right? Yeah. But but the world is round. I don't know. I don't know. God bless I you. do. <laughs> I, I I'm ninety eight point nine percent sure. Hey, it's a lot of shit out there that could But that's another that's another conversation for another day. Um Listen to this. Um your younger brother, he plays a bunch of AAU. How old, how old is uh, he's, a, he's 11 years old. 11 years old. So you've been to some of his games. Yes, I have. Would you say that the kids that are in these games are basically trying to take more threes than they should? At 11 years old, in that range, are they shooting a crazy amount of threes in comparison to like when we were younger and we were playing? Yeah, uh, I think not even just – I'm going to stay on course with what you're saying, but not even just the kids. But like if you go to a, a YMCA – Everybody, everybody runs into this line. But yeah, these kids are shooting a lot. And my dad actually called me um, a couple of days ago, or oh, whatnot. No, I, yeah, but I think we had this conversation when I went to go see him. Um, my little brother don't even take threes, like when they practice. 
Like they do mid range work because you, there's no reason to shoot threes if you can't make a mid range shot. So, USA Basketball and the NBA just released a set of new rules for its youth programs. Amongst the change, they're eliminating the three-point field goals for players between the ages of 7 and 11 to promote the idea of shooting from a developmental appropriate distance. So, the NBA's, like, um, leagues and the the programs they do for these younger kids will no longer have three-point lines because they're wanting to teach the kids to shoot the mid-range. Because at 7 years old... You shouldn't be forcing yourself to shoot threes. You're not strong I don't think, I don't, You shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, you're not. I don't think that's, like, good fundamentally. Because a lot of times, like, especially when I'm practicing, that three-point range, like, that line, it gives me, like, a more better estimation of how far I am from the basket. Does that make sense? Because it's so much muscle memory that, like, when I go back, say I'm shooting a mid-range shot, I know, like, exactly how much to put on it because, like, I could tell where I'm at on the court. It's almost like a map to me. If that makes any sense, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah, I get. Yeah, because you know, you know that from the mid range shot, you don't have to put as much. Yeah, I know exactly. It, it's just all muscle memory. The, the the only the thing I don't I like it because they're promoting better basketball. But what I don't like is what if I have a son who can make that shot and who who can legitimately shoot the three? Because there's kids out there that can legitimately shoot it. Because mm-hmm. it, yeah. I see it. So it's like we can't. We can't enable kids from their strengths because of other kids. Because that's like, what if you have a tall-ass son and he's just dominating everybody and laying it up? And we just, we, we're not going to go in there and say, hey, we're taking the layups out of the game because he's just doing too much. Or, like, I get it, but at the same time, pe- coaching and development has to just be better. We can't exclude rules of basketball or take things yeah. out of the game. I think you just got to let them play their kids. If they yeah. can shoot the three, let them shoot the three. If they can't, that's why I'm going but to this, developing this is, and coaching. Right, but um, I agree with you, what you're saying, but not a lot of these seven-year-olds can do it. Yeah. But they're trying. And them, them trying to do it when they don't have the strength for it doesn't make sense to that's them. All, that's all understandable. But if you're playing for me, you as a, as a seven-year-old and you can't shoot a three, you won't be taking a three. That's just it. You won't be taking a three. So it comes down to who's in charge of developing and coaching these kids. We have to put the right people in those positions. We can't just right. This things. this is basically what it is. They're camps. They're not like actual games. So in the camp, basically, they're not teaching you to shoot a three. They're they're doing more developmental shit. So basically, yeah. they're they're the coach that's telling you no threes. In so are, so okay. So are they just practicing then? That's from my understanding. Yeah, they haven't released a full article of the the list of rule changes. Right, because I seen I seen I seen that when uh, USA Basketball was trending on Twitter, but I don't I don't know the full details either because US USA Basketball they do play games. Um, I don't know how early because the, the, the age you're saying is pretty early. So I don't know if they're playing against seven year olds from Argentina. But it's I think, bro, it's so important to teach like kids when they're young how to shoot because you see they don't be having the strength to shoot from distance. So they be having those weird like yeah, forms and everything, ball, and then that's, they grow into it. that, yeah. and now they form is broke when they go to, when they get older. Yeah, but I mean that's just. I don't know. Y'all changed my opinion on this actually, because I was I was actually more for this when I read the article or the headline. But yeah, you you should be a better coach and make sure that the guys that shouldn't be taking threes are taking threes. Are taking threes. Exactly. So yeah, I, okay, I agree with y'all on that. Um, and that also led me to another article named "The Basketball Team That Never Takes a Bad Shot." Okay, let me give y'all the premise of this. 
Um, I'll read y'all this one paragraph and y'all can basically get what it's coming from. On the night the raid marchers accidentally made a shot from the mid-range, the Pine City attempted 64 field goals and 62 were layups or threes. That's a remark that's remarkable for the for the Dragons. Mid-range shots are the least efficient for them, and they shoot only 4.2 mid-range shots. A game. What team is this? It's a high school team. It's a high school team. So basically, this coach has got his team playing threes and layups. Nothing else. Don't take another shot on this team. Threes or layups. That coach is must be a fan of Rick Patino. Number one. That's the number one thing I'm gonna say because Rick Patino is the same way. He tells his players don't take a seventeen foot jumper. Because if you just take a step back, it's a three. So if you're gonna take like don't take long mid range shots because you might as well take a three if you're gonna take a long mid range shot. You know what I'm saying? Um this is that. That's cool. That's cool. That's nice. That that's good to know. But are his player are his players getting better though? Are he, is he developing them and getting them ready for the next level? Because at some point, at the next level of basketball, you're going to have to be able to do more than just lay the ball up and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. So I like it. But it seems like in high school they're already becoming system players. Like they're already like right. Exactly. They're not becoming. Real rounded players, they, yeah, they're, they're and that was my biggest system. thing about our high school is that they use you for the now and didn't think about you in the future developing you for the future. So if you're a six three guy, they're going to put you in a the post. They're not going to say, "Hey, Derek, you know what? You're six three, but at the next level, you're not going to be a big." So while we're going to put you at power four because we don't have size. Let's also spend some time with you working on your handle. Let's let's try to get you some guard abilities for the next. No, they're not going to do that. They're just going to dump you in the post and make you work on post moves 24-7 as if when you reach to the next level, you're going to be a legitimate post threat. Even in Division Division 3. What's good, y'all? This is your boy, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. And if you want a raw take on the NBA, Above the Rim is a show for you. With dope beats and entertaining guests each week, we offer a great new insight on all things NBA. You don't want to miss it. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and the Almighty Baller Network. You, you, even being a six-three big at, in Division Three is kind of bad. Like, no, at the, any next level, you're not really going to be a six-three center. It's just not going to happen most often. So. I'm all about I'm all about both. You I'm not saying use your program to just develop players, but that's why I'm a big fan of Calipari because his system is coming in and getting you ready for the NBA. That's why 70% of the players that he coaches go to the NBA. That is a fact. 70% of the players that go to Kentucky or have played under him go to the NBA. And they still have successful years and seasons like they are now because hey, we're going to use you for the program and get you right and have you contribute to our team, but we also going to get you ready for the next level. And I think that's missing in a high school level. But but how good is that team? Is that a state championship? Twelve and team? four. Okay. At the time this article was posted, um, they're twelve and four with their tallest by be- guy being only six two. Would y'all say the mid range shot is the hardest shot? Yes, no. I think so. I think because so too. I, it would be hard. It's for me personally, yes, because I don't practice taking mid range jumpers. So I, I do got to sure take because it because I I think I. Sh- for me personally, I, I like shooting mid range. I do too. It's easy for me, but I don't. Um, like, but if you I think don't about like all that the instances. It, first of all, because I mean, NBA courts are much larger than any other courts. But if you go to a court like a high school gym, the courts be small. It's not that much room. And if you're taking a mid range shot, most likely it's getting contested unless yeah. you're doing like a one dribble yeah. pull up or something. But like for that. some reason, like you said a couple minutes ago about the muscle memory, for some reason, 
when I shoot a mid-range shot, I just know exactly yeah, what to do. Yeah, when yeah, I exactly. shoot a three, I don't feel like that every time. Yeah, Sometimes I know exactly my shit is mean. way off. Wait, but mid-range, I'm all. Even when I miss, it's always like the same. I'm never much off on my mid-range shooting a three. It's definitely hard to estimate. I, sometimes I shoot that motherfucker too I, hard. I'll be thinking about it in high school. Like, I don't think, I don't know how many mid-range, like, I think I'm a pretty good mid-range jump shooter, but I don't think I hit, I didn't probably take none of them. No. Because Except for, like, freshman year, maybe. It's, it's, at that level, when people are playing zone, getting a mid-range jumper is almost impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I feel like our teams, it was either we're scoring with the big man or somebody hits a three. Mm-hmm. Like even when that wasn't our system, but that's just the way it kind of worked out because mm-hmm. of the way Especially the defense. Especially when you against teams like Morton or Lyle, who got these um, one two. No, two. not Lyle, but um, LT. No, not LT. They, they, LT ain't in our conference. Yeah, but we played them. The name. team that has the yellow and blue, Lighten. Lighten. Even when you play Lighten, they got these one two two that that go back. They press you like that, and then they fall into it defensively. So you seeing it the entire game. That's yeah. what you're seeing. You yeah you're gonna fall into the, the trap of shooting threes in the mid range like you said it's not a lot of space it's not a big ass court a big ass floor for you to operate and yeah. get in these gaps to get mid range jumpers off and you're not gonna get the ball in no ISO unless you yeah. like fucking D one down uh, y'all want to end on my biggest pet peeve oh uh, yeah I've been waiting for this all right oh before you even start let's just give some attention to the Denver Nuggets who have fallen out of the playoffs. Uh, substan- not substantially Two games but, behind But f- for the race You know The playoff race in the West Is so close Two games is, is a big gap We're not used to hearing Two games um, They have lost 15 games Scoring 141 or more Which is absurd So I just want to Throw that stat out there Let I, let everybody know I find I found that very interesting And damn near unbelievable But um this year? This year. Wow, they let the Miami Heat basically put up 150 points on them. And double overtime. Double overtime. So, okay, that's not too bad when you see double overtime. But, okay, James Johnson, 31. Kelly Olenek with 30. Kelly Olenek had a career night. Biggest pet peeve. Biggest pet peeve. All right. Is this basketball related? It's, oh, of course, yes. It's basketball. So, y'all saw the highlights from Derrick Rose the other night. Yeah. Yes. 14 yes. points, whatever. Big my, dunk. My biggest pet peeve. Is when somebody older in the NBA does a move and everybody immediately says, oh, that's Vince's Dirk. That's Vince's Vince Carter. So Derrick Rose got the dunk and they said, whoa, there's Vince's Derrick Rose. That's what I was saying, bro. Did they really? Yes. I didn't see one vintage. Yes. Trust me. It was out there. Because I was like, yeah, let's go, D-Rose. Yesterday I I asked him, did you see those D-Rose highlights? He said, what? No, I didn't see them. This was last night. I showed him. And you could tell when he did that dunk, because first of all, I hyped up that dunk, because I yeah, said it looked like he had some bounce with that, didn't Yeah, he hyped yeah, it up. And it was heavy. not like that. When he seen that dunk, he said, I know my man's ain't back. Like, yeah, he came like, back. I, right. But you got to remember, it was last night. and Right. I, yeah. Right. But still, that's still there. Yeah, it's still. Um, I was number, excited to see number one and number, n- number one and number two. Number one, I get it, the excitement of the dunk. That's number one. Number two. I didn't see the vintage, but I know y'all not lying. I, I, I know y'all not lying, mm-hmm. so I believe y'all. That wasn't even a fucking vintage dunk. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's just, no. I never, when, it, back in the day, he never had a dunk like a that. A vintage when dunk. When was the last time you seen him dunk like that? Yeah. That's in the, New York. Last year. What? Yes, he dunked multiple not like times. Not, not like, like that. It was a two-handed dunk. dunk. There was nothing for special D-Rose, about this. For D-Rose, he had some jump. So, so it was like when Ryan Anderson has that poster. 
You ain't never seen him do that before. But we've seen. Th- look, the reason this pisses me off is because it was a basic two-hander. Yeah, didn't have a little ump to it. Sure, that's not, that's Vince's not Derrick Rose What's is the back getting... scratcher when his yes. head is at the rim. Yes, that's, that's Vince's, Vince's Derrick Rose. Derrick it may not. Be. A reverse when, when, layup is more Vince's than that dunk. When Vince Carter does does a, a, a rim grazer, that's not Vince. Vince's Vince Carter. When Dirk pulls up for twenty-five, that's not Vince's. It's not. It may not be vintage, but I'm, I'm glad to see him 25 get back feet up. out when oh. he hits a long when he hits a long. I'm glad to see D Rose get that dunk. Nobody's saying it's wrong to to, to no. like it and be happy yeah. that he dunked, but it's just the, the tag vintage. The, even he right. don't like that. He even came out and said he hate when people say that. It, it pisses me off, man. Vince Carter did a basic one hand jump, a one hand dunk. Even a commentator was like, "Whoa, there's Vince's VC." He dunked the ball. I understand. It's impressive because he's basically 40. But you can't say Vintage when Vintage was a guy who jumped over a seven-footer. That's Vintage. Yeah, but he he just looks so So nice. y'all didn't see that right there? He just looked so that nice. That wasn't the same bounce, though. It was a dunk, but it wasn't the same bounce. What, that's Dude, literally it's the a same dunk. bounce. It's a two-handed dunk. It's I'm the just same saying, thing. I'm just saying. From it, my perspective. Vintage Derrick Rose about is a back scratcher. And his head is at the rim. That's that's just a dunk. That's literally that's like a just, yesterday. Yeah, that's just a dunk. We just saying the other one had a little oomph to it. It didn't even have that. Would, would, would you say it it's was? Not, it was. Would you say that it looked like vintage Derrick Rose? No, exactly. That's all that's, he's saying. That's, so that's what you saying. Me. I know. I understand. That's your pet peeve. So why that's do you keep bouncing piece. back and like it had some oomph though? They did, did it not? You're saying that as, a, as if it's a defense to being vintage Derrick Rose is what we saying. I'm just saying I ain't seen him do that in a while. That look like a, but it's, it was, and he it's is, not vintage. That's it. Maybe if somebody was underneath the rim, we could say it was vintage. Exactly. That would be but vintage if he dunked nice on one. someone. It it just don't make sense. Like when Paul Pierce made that game winner, um, his basically I call game. Was, right. Exactly. They were like that's vintage Paul Pierce. He hit the game winner. No, but don't act is, like he no, didn't no, hit no, a game winner but, a couple months is, before that. That is vintage though because it's a game winner. But he hit one a couple months before that, though. That's vintage, too. You can't do that. <laughs> if somebody's consistently doing something, it's not vintage no, if he continues he won't cons- it. Nigga, he won't consistently I mean, I mean, do it. Nobody consistently like hits his, game winners, That first was of his all. two times in the last probably eight years. I, I, man, I, I just don't like the vintage. That talk. whole playoff series, you saw like vintage Paul Pierce come back. Hear me Relax. Now. Relax. Wait, wait. Who's that against? Uh, that was the Wizards versus the. Uh, I don't remember who the it was. Hawks. It was the, the Hawks. Hawks? Yeah. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say the whole playoff but, series. But, but yeah, that's just my biggest pet peeve. When when the old uh, older player do, does something that's a fraction of what they used to do, don't call it vintage because it's not. Is it impressive that Vince Carter did a dunk? Yes. Is was it Kobe's retirement game vintage Kobe? No. Yes. Yes. He that's it. That's considered vintage. Points. He dropped sixty. That's vintage. Yeah. Because he hasn't dropped sixty in what was it like eight years, six years, some five and years. I'm like Kobe for you. That that's vintage. But Derrick Rose. So if Derrick Rose dunk, tomorrow got an open fast break and he put that bitch behind his head, and that's, got off, that's, that's when vintage. you can say vintage. Hey, not, hey, not, 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 head, not Jeff T penetrating. Uh, and and dumping the ball to him, and he just catching and just go up for a two hand dunk like I see somebody do at the fucking YMCA. <laughs> YMCA. That's not I'm right. a Derrick Rose fanatic. When De- I, I was happy when I seen the dunk, yeah. but I'm not gonna. Come on, man. It's I'm not gonna not put vintage. too much on it. Was it good? Yes, it's a nice dunk. And it's it great was very to see. pleasing. Very. I was, but it was, I was, I was more impressed with the game overall. You know what I'm saying? I seen him doing some shit. You know I'll yeah. be more impressed with the acrobatic layups. I don't want to see Derrick Rose trying to dunk on nobody. But when he do the when he do the acrobatic layups, 
That's what I want to see. That's what I like. Derrick Rose is he's not about to be Even th- you made that face like why don't I want to see him? No, I would love to see him crazy. dunk somebody. I mean, yes, but he's not going to that's do not, that. He he even though he may still be able to, he's not going to. Exactly. So I even why would you want some shit you're not going to get? You, I want a meal. I, have, I want a man. meal in my what pocket. Mean? I, I go mean, get it. It's <laughs> about you gonna go get it. He don't. He not even trying to do that. He not even trying to do that in this game. I, I can't. If a nigga don't want a million, but he talking about, I can't say, hey man, go get the million if you don't want it. I think he was playing for playing time. He was playing late in that fourth quarter. Yeah, he, he was, was basically he was basically getting those garbage minutes. Yeah, but he was sad. trying to make sure. Like Tibbs, no, I you don't I know what play. the fuck he was trying to. I want to take that starting spot. <laughs> All right. Thank y'all so much for listening. To don't this. say it like that, like Jeff T. Irreplaceable. No, I'm, I'm just saying because you know the big baller brand is coming. Wait, what? <laughs> that just, no, that just when me. I said that first part, it reminded me of Levar Ball. Y'all actually got to watch Ball in the Family because Jello went and got some tattoos, and apparently that's not in they fan. They don't appreciate that in the family. Like Levar do not like tattoos at all. Mm-hmm. So they was doing this workout thing, and it's like this shit you going for body recovery. So him, Lavar, Lamelo, and Jello um, were together, so that Lamelo and Jello could do this recovery body thing. So Melo get in there first. You got to take your, your not your clothes off, but you. I think I know what I'm seeing you talking right, about. Right, the, the shit with the fall coming out, but you you shirtless basically. So Jello was trying not to do it for whatever reason. <laughs> I only seen a clip, but Jello was basically saying whatever he was saying to not do it. And Levi like, man, get in there, man. You need this. Go ahead, get in there. And you f- and Melo takes his shirt off in another room, and his whole chest is covered in tattoos. But is it is it good art? Yeah, they cool, okay. they cool, okay, they cool tattoos. And he just come in with this like that 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 oh shit, I just fucked up face. <laughs> and Levi, you Levi, type in Leangelo, the first thing that came come up is bald tattoos. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> And then the man of her boss say, what the hell? He say, hey, when we get back home, I hope you got somewhere to sleep. Since your ass grown, I hope you got, since you grown, I hope you got somewhere to live. Because you ain't coming to my house with that shit. Uh, bro, that shit was the funniest shit in the world. LaVar Ball has been getting on their ass. It's another episode with LaMelo. Don't, don't acknowledge him. He's having a serious talk with, with LaMelo. And LaMelo don't say nothing. He said, you hear me? Boy, I almost slapped the shit out of you. I'm like, bro, this man LeVar going crazy. But yeah, Jello got. I didn't know he had that many tattoos. Like when people found out KD had tattoos, you I remember that tatted day. up. He's tatted up. They tatted the fuck up. I might have to check that out real Thank y'all so much for for listening to the show. Um, we'll see y'all at the after show. Peace, bro.